Dom is short for something, right? Oh, yeah. I, I made it kind of a, like a pygmy. <laughs> it's short for Dominique. <laughs> yeah. I can understand why you want that a little bit shorter, because uh, especially you can see on the screen right there, it says Dom Brightman, which is a nice one-syllable, two-syllable name, just like D.P. Knuton. Well, that's got a few more syllables involved there, but either way, it becomes very easy to say, I was talking to Dom on the phone, and I bet you that not a lot of people know a lot of Doms in their life, so it's like you're one of one. It's certainly in my life, you're the only Dom I know. So if someone said to me, I was talking to Dom, I know the Dom they're talking about, and that is Dom Brightman. Welcome to the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. It's great to have you on, and I want to talk to you about what you're doing to build your personal brand, your small business brand, is there a difference? Not in my humble opinion. And I wanna get your take on all that stuff. So why don't you start by giving us a brief introduction to who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Yep, sure thing, DP. Well, it's not to be on your platform, especially with this new format you're doing. It is freaking sick, man, it's freaking sick. And for those who don't know, name's Dominic Dom Brightman, Dom for short as easier, because you know, Nonfiction brand. Folks like realness. Folks like vulnerability. Folks like genuine folks. So it's like, hey, let's make it easier for folks. And I'm a certified self-leadership trainer with the John Maxwell team who likes to encourage folks to create their own piece of immortality, whether that's starting their own podcast, writing and publishing their own book, or even just getting to their next level in life of high peak performance. So that's really, in a nutshell, of what I really do. And it's kind of interesting how i got here <laughs> it's also interesting how we uh, got connected and frequent listeners to the nonfiction brand podcast will recognize the fact that for the first three years of me putting out that podcast every single week i relied on people i knew directly you know i maybe worked with them in the past i maybe have been in networking groups with them or i'm familiar with their books and their podcasts and their content output so it was always me reaching out to them to say, hey, I would love to have you on my podcast. And the funny thing is, and Dom, tell me if your experience varies as a podcast host. If you have a podcast and you invite someone on, your conversion rate on that ask to have them a guest is north of 90%. I mean, I've, I've had a few people say, no, thank you. But for the most part, even quote the bigger names that I've tried to get on my podcast, have generally said yes because they understand the value of extending their uh, their name, their uh, notoriety, their personal brands via other people's platforms, such as, in my case, the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. But Dom, you've got a podcast, and frankly, that's how we met, via Podmatch. Tell me your experience, and from your point of view, how did we meet? Yeah, you're so right about that. Podmatch.com, like when I was first introduced to it from the founder when he was on LinkedIn. And heck, that's probably when you're probably your favorite social media, my man, DP, is the fact yeah. that LinkedIn's for business folks. And I got reached out by, I believe, Alex is his name. And when he was just starting it out, and I was like, okay, cool. I would love to get on more podcasts myself. And heck, you can always use some. Yes, every now and then, but my goodness, that site actually connected me with so many wonderful people and actually even took my podcast even higher than ever thought possible because it's, 
I guess they call it the Tinder for podcast guesting. And you're so right about podcasting as an in inviting people to be on. Like there's probably a 90 plus percent chance that if you ask someone to be on your show, they're probably going to say yes. Like, oh my gosh, like why didn't you ask me sooner? Because the thing is, the internet is for real and it's forever. Like even no matter how big or small your show is, even if it's a small show, that content's still going to be out there somewhere for folks to find. And two years down the road, they may find you down the road and be like, hey, I heard you on the nonfiction brand podcast and you're bringing the realness to this world of entrepreneurship. Like, let me have you on my show. Let me buy some of your books or invite you to speak in my organization. It truly is a tremendous unlock or level up for anybody who wants to build their personal brand, build their small business brand in a way that allows them to demonstrate exactly who they are, what they do and how they do it the best way possible, which is face to face, mouth to mouth, almost, you know, literally <laughs> talking. You totally get an idea of who someone is by seeing them, the way they speak, the way they look, the, the way they respond to questions the way they demonstrate their expertise. All of these things happen very quickly and very easily on a podcast. So having a matching service like Podmatch to uh, introduce me to people like Dom is fantastic. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I first got notification, I think, you know, I don't know, maybe they saw my name on Apple Podcasts or something like that, and they reached out because they, they want to build their user base, right? So Alex, again, reached out via kind of a mass mailing. I didn't have a, a one, one conversation with him, but uh, I did respond to that saying, okay, well, let me check out the service and see what's what. I go there, I fill out my little form about my podcast and about me as a guest because they actually do it in a cool way. They allow you to be a podcast host. You can be a podcast guest or you can be both on their service. Because here's the thing, I have a podcast. Does that mean I don't wanna be a guest on someone else's podcast? Of course I wanna be on someone else's podcast because I can go on there and talk about my podcast. I can also demonstrate who I am, what I do and how I do it, my personal brand. So it's a no brainer really. And once I started using it very early on, I met you via PodMat and boom, now we have a connection. Now we have a friendship growing. And it's all because of a service that I pay zero dollars for. Now they have paid levels and maybe someday I'll do one of those paid levels. But for now, I'm happy to get 90% of the cow and that milk for free, if you will, without buying the cow. How about you? Is your experience with Podmatch the same? Oh, it's freaking phenomenal because at one point I was getting a lot more requests from guests looking to be on my podcast as opposed to in reverse. And for a while, I was kind of ignoring a bit of a few of them at first. And then I realized, wait a second, they have a game gamification aspect to it. And the thing is, if you see life as a game, you'll probably have a lot more fun in this lifetime. So I started inviting more people on the show. And as a result, like more guests, it kind of filtered back into the guest piece where you get to dive into both aspects you can't just be one or the other you can't just be like all white or all black you can metaphorically have the both white and black mime shirt on and rock both so it's been a great experience yeah i'm on i'm on the free version as well it's a great service like there's a couple other podcasts and guest sites i've been on in the past and transferring the past information to this one. like this was probably been the best one I, i'd say i probably secured at least 
probably anywhere between, I'd say, 20-plus guest appearances this past year from being on that platform. So it, it's definitely a great tool, and it's free. Yeah, I do not underestimate that because I know that you're like me. We're looking to leverage the finite amount of time, energy, bandwidth, and dollars we have available to promote ourselves. And I always look for what I like to call force multiplying platforms, anything like a lever that can take my limited amount of strength and multiply that as far as possible. And here's the thing. By being on your podcast, I get exposed to your audience, and maybe I pick up a few listeners from that. They then become potential evangelists for my podcast. I become a potential evangelist for your podcast. All of a sudden, we've got this virtuous circle or a virtuous cycle of podcasty goodness that enables us to help each other out the most wonderful way possible, which is completely authentically. I'm not paying you to be on this podcast. You're not paying me to be on this podcast. We're doing this out of the, I would call it smart strategic parts of our brain, but also because we both are, I would say, glass half full people, you know, that want to put out positive energy into the world and actually help people understand how they can be more authentically themselves and lean in to who they are, what they do, and how they do it. I would love to talk about your podcast specifically. What's the name of it, and where can people find it? Sure thing. It's called the Going North Podcast, and it can be found on anywhere you can hear podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Heck, it even has its own website, goingnorthpodcast.com, and really all about helping other authors get their voices heard. And it's about 500 plus episodes deep now too. So it's been one heck of a journey with the show. That's the thing though. I mean, yeah, 500 episodes, that, that's hard. I mean, that's a heavy lift. Put it this way, if I said to you on, when you're on episode five that you're gonna make it to episode 500, <laughs> what would you have said to me? <laughs> uh, you would have been, you would have, <laughs> I looked at you like you were crazy, like, wait. So, Dom, so, uh, you know, you started the show, um, you're probably going to go to, like, episode 500 in, like, four years' time. I'm like, huh? What? Because that, funny enough, it actually, I think what helped with that show getting so big is that I kind of came in at the right time with the show because it was 2017 when the show launched. It was about a good 10 months after my first book was published, Going North, book of the same name. And I decided to enlist others in the journey of really helping others to advance in life by giving authors a platform to get their voices heard. Because a lot of authors, especially first-time authors, they have no idea what the heck they're doing. And I'm a big encourager of the written word because like someone's writings have helped me to get to where I am today. Someone's wisdom from the past has helped me to get to where I am today. And I want to encourage other writers to have a platform to get their voices heard out there. So started that in 2017, funny enough, 32 episodes later, get a pitch from one podcast guesting company, then a bunch of them start flooding in, and it's just been nonstop ever since. It it was supposed to be a one-episode-a-week sort of thing, but now it's three days a week. Wow, that's that's amazing. But here's the thing. That's what happens when you put yourself out there, when you're authentically who you are, and you hit that play button. 
I mean, that's the biggest thing. I'm sure that you do the same thing, which is I talk to people and I say, you know what? Podcasting is just a fantastic way to build your personal brand. And they go, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And, you know, I get that. If you aren't a technically inclined person, there's a little bit involved to get your microphone hooked up and you know, do all that stuff. But I got to be honest with you, it's minimal. The barriers to entry for this are so incredibly low when you consider the tremendous benefit you can accrue from it. Like I see people, and, and the funny thing is, and everyone on this who listens to this podcast knows this, I'm a writer. I write every day for other people, their communication, you know, advertising, marketing, all that stuff. I should be a blogger, but I'm not. I don't know why, but for some reason, maybe it's because I write for other people all day long. I just don't feel like writing <laughs> blog posts for myself. And for some reason, it's easier for me to churn out these podcast episodes, edit them, to to do all the scheduling and support and marketing of them, it's a whole lot easier for me than actually writing a blog post. And in my book, Nonfiction Brand, I talk about the fact that every social media platform has a style and as does everybody else. And it's a stage. So it's an opportunity for you to demonstrate your style and the thing is, depending on who you are, you may not choose to do everything, which I would recommend. Don't do everything. Do fewer things better. Yeah. But find the one yeah. <laughs> that works best for you. In my case, it's podcasting. And I sense that it's probably podcasting as well for you, even though we both have written hard copy books. Oh, yeah. You could definitely say that again. It's back even since we're both speakers as well, like speaking... Is definitely fun for me, especially since sometimes I get these streams of consciousness that sometimes manifest as corny dad jokes for folks, and they gotta hear, hear them whether they like it or not. If they laugh, it's uh, it's even better. But if they don't laugh, I'm gonna laugh at it myself. So podcasting is definitely easier. Heck, even another reason why podcasting is so great. I think what holds most people back after they press the play button. I feel like folks need to press the play button when it comes to life. Press that button a lot more. Take more intentional, immediate action on what you want to get out of life is the fact that once you get started, you have to keep going. Like consistency yeah. is really one of those keys for explosive growth. And I'm sure you can speak heavily to that with all the amount of consistency you put into your own business. And that's the whole thing, because if you do this once every blue moon, you're not going to build an audience. And let's face it, that's that's to the benefit of anyone who wants to get started because the reality is nobody's gonna hear your first 10 episodes. No one's gonna hear your first 15, 20, 25. Maybe if you'll start picking up an audience and all of a sudden you'll be glad no one was listening to those first 10, 15, 20 episodes <laughs> because you were still working out all the kinks and all the bugs and getting ums out. I mean, if you listen like I listen to you speak, you have very few ums, very few filler words, very few uh, mm, uh, none of those vocalizations. Why? I'm guessing because you've done a little bit of editing of your own podcast and had to cut those things out. There's no faster way to get rid of saying um than edit your own podcast. Because the second you do, you go, you know what? I can't say um as much. 
and I can't talk over people. I need to ask them a question and let them respond. Is that something that you had as part of your bag of tricks before you started your podcast? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was actually in Toastmasters for about a good three and a half years before I started my podcast, and it gave it gave me an advantage and a disadvantage. The advantage was those ums, those ahs, those filler words, the you knows, the so's, all of it. I could hear all of it. That was a blessing and a curse, because the blessing is you get to hear all of them. The curse is you hear all of them. So it taught me how to pause in Toastmasters. And that was just really where it helped me to get to where I am with the podcasting. It made it a lot easier. And it also taught me to pause whenever I'm about to say a filler word, because when you pause, that leaves that air in there and you can cut the air out. However, sometimes when it's on the opposite side of the end of the spectrum, where it's like, oh, I'm on the opposite side of the mic. When I pause, I have to be careful because sometimes hosts may cut in because they may like, oh, I got to get an edge in. They just stop talking. No, it's just a pause so folks can catch the moment. Sometimes you have to pause and let certain words sit for a while because not everybody is working at the same speed mentally and physically yeah exactly and that's why it's really important but i find that doing a podcast makes me a better public speaker makes me a better listener makes me a better questioner or interviewer and that aids me in every single part of my daily business i mean let's face it the worst thing you can do, especially in my business, working with people on communicating their businesses and what those services and products and stuff like that do, is to sit there and talk the whole time. So instead, <laughs> it's better to ask a great question. Like, let me give you a great question, which is, I understand that you have a passionate love affair with libraries and books. Where did that start and why did it grow into what it is? Ah, yes. That actually started in my teenage years. Funny enough, my lovely mother wanted me to get work experience, and she was like, hey, how about we go and I'll sign them up for a library. They might have a job and got a summer internship. It was even a paid one, which surprised me even more because rare occasions where you have a paid internship, and I didn't do anything stupid, and they liked my work, so they invited me to come back a few months later after I turned 16 and stayed there for, my goodness, 14 years of basically my whole life and really rose through the ranks, held a job in high school and college and even after college where they promoted me to full-time employment after getting my IT degree and heck, even just really falling in love with reading and books again because the thing about books is the fact that in school they give you books that you may not ex want to read and may even make you hate reading. And that was my problem. But once I found out that, wait, I have a choice to read what I like. Like, wait, books about leadership and productivity and persuasion and can actually help me better my whole life. Like, sign me up. And I just fell in love with reading again after not only working in a library, but realizing I had an acres of diamonds there already and just tapped into the resources there. I fell in love with reading and just took that to the next level. Obviously, that gave you a foundation to really launch from because you have to have a broad knowledge base to be a decent podcaster. Now, you don't have to be an expert, but you need to be able to speak to experts. And that requires a little bit of information. Like, I'm sure you've had some pretty interesting guests on your podcast. I know I have. People that 
if I scratch the surface on what they know, I could probably be talking to them for 50 hours. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that as a podcaster, you don't have to be that expert. You need to be able to draw out of that expert valuable stuff. So can you give us an example of someone you've had on your podcast that was like, wow, this is incredible stuff that I know just enough about to be able to make a decent podcast episode out of it? Ah, powerful question indeed. I'd have to say one guest that stood out with that was probably be Pastor Travis Hole I had back in my Go North podcast. I believe he was episode 364, if I'm not mistaken, Seven Deadly Thoughts. And with him being a preacher, I thought, oh, he's probably talking about the seven deadly sins. When I went through the content preparing for the episode, I'm like, oh, this is not that. This is something totally different. And really, one of the major seven deadly thoughts to mention was the fact that some people get comfortable in certain areas of life to where they think they've arrived. And that's a deadly thought because people get in that level of comfort and it becomes a comfort zone at a different level to where they don't grow any further from that. They stay stagnant, may even become a little too prideful or even arrogant. And really just having a good time with them and realizing that he was also human too. Because we, because the thing is, we all have certain things alike, like, like with both you and I, DPB, both being podcasters, authors, speakers, helping folks really in the real sense with real life, like those things we can connect with, like both him and I we were Christian. Heck, even some other folks I've had on the show in the past where <laughs> even her episode hasn't dropped yet at the time of this uh, live stream, but a tarot card reader who actually calls herself a cancer dancer because instead of a cancer survivor because she had caught it four times, but she gotten over it four times. So she sees it as a dance as opposed to just surviving. It was just a painful dance that she had to deal with. And once she got off that cancer dance floor, she's actually able to get to the point now where she's thriving without it. So it's just scratching the surfaces of those wonderful stories and having questions ready and being a little prepared ahead of time. And sometimes, like what you mentioned earlier, drawing out the gems from those people, you'll get new gems, especially if they can tell that you've done your homework, they'll have to drop a new story. (laughs) I love the fact that you pointed to that very, very special word, story. Everybody Mm. has a story. Everybody also has a voice with which to tell that story. The thing is, most people are not comfortable getting out there and sharing their story. And we all, you know, everybody talks about authenticity so much, so I think the word has lost its meaning or its bite. But I think (laughs) what is meant by authenticity is the idea that people have a story and they should tell it. Because to be authentic, to be genuine, to be true to yourself, or what I like to say is to know yourself so you can be it, you have to be comfortable with getting out there and sharing your unique story with your unique voice. And that's something that I know that you talk about on your podcast with your guests. I know I talk about it ad nauseum on this podcast, but people cannot hear it enough because if you are currently not doing stuff like this, not blogging, not posting your ideas, your concerns, your questions and your answers, sharing of yourself, you are literally 
holding back, especially from the best that you can give to the world, which is your unique perspective. Dom Brightman, he's absolutely one of those people who's not shy. He's getting out there on a regular basis <laughs> up to three times a week on his Going North podcast and doing exactly that, sharing his story. I hope you find him fascinating, and I know you will. But I'd also like you to be able to connect with him uh, if you have any questions or maybe want to find out about podcasting, whatever it is. Dom, how can people connect with you online? Do you have a preferred social media channel? That's a good question. Someone actually asked me that earlier today, like social media. I think my best preferred one, I'd have to say there are three that stick out. Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. <laughs> Twitter's mostly for the podcasting. Facebook, that's for the personal life and the memes. If you want to hear some corny jokes, that's cool. And of course, <laughs> oh my goodness, LinkedIn for business. So any of those are good, but you can find them all at dombrightman.com. That's dombrightman.com. If you type Dom Brightman in on any of those social media profiles, I will pop up instantly. So that's a good thing. And once again, where can people get your podcast? Oh, I also forgot to mention, if folks head over to DomBrightman.com, got a free giveaway called the 21 Lessons Learned from Four Plus Years of Podcasting. Feel free to grab that freebie for those listening. And for those who want to hear the Going North podcast, it's there on DomBrightman.com as well. And anywhere podcasts are heard. So if you love Apple, you want to bite into the Apple of Eden on Apple Podcasts, feel free to listen to it there. Amazon Music, heck, even Facebook lets me post the Facebook there. If you have the Facebook app on your phone, you can listen to it there. Yeah, well, that's the beautiful thing about audio content. Everybody wants to host it because everybody wants to listen to it. And let me tell you, there's no better way to demonstrate who you are, what you do, and how you do it than a podcast or especially a podcast that is live streaming like I am doing right now with Dom Brightman. Thank you so much, Dom, for being on the podcast. Don't worry, Dom will be back next week for more of this scintillating conversation. But for now, I'm your host, D.P. Knuton, and I'd love for you to like, subscribe, refer this podcast to others, and most of all, review it, because that helps other people find it. So please, Drop a five-star review, if you'd like, wherever you get this fine podcast for free. That's it for this week. As I said before, I'm D.P. Knuton, your host, and he is... Dom Brightman. And we'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.